0: Welcome everyone to Celtic Preacher, podcast 81. You know, one of the things that Jesus was concerned about was having our the outside of us match the inside of us. In other words, he, he spoke a lot about this in, in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, that he, he, he wanted the side that we present to the world and other people to be the same on the inside. What we call integrity today, right? And in our text today, in our passage, he's, this is the famous Sermon on the Mount, and there's lots of topics covered in the Sermon on the Mount. He speaks, about, he speaks on topics like anger and murder and adultery and lying. The broader category, of course, is our relationships. In fact, it seems for Jesus, Jesus is more concerned about our relationships than anything else. Our relationships matter to God. Um, Now, we're not necessarily going to disagree with that, but it's surprising how many people would think that rules and regulations matter to God more than relationships. But Jesus' way is... Relationships matter a lot. And in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, he's speaking about some of the commandments that you might be familiar with. He speaks about murder and adultery and laws in general, commandments in general. Now, the thing about any kind of rule, whether it's a church commandment or rule, a civic rule. They're very easy to break. Which was maybe the reason why Jesus wasn't that interested in giving a lot more rules to live by. Because the ancient people had hundreds of rules to live by. The last thing Jesus wanted to do was give them other rules. In fact, the only rule he ever gave them was learn how to love yourself, learn how to love others, and learn how to love God. And You don't need any more rules. (laughs) Right? So um, The thing about rules, commandments, they're easy to break. Really easy. I mean, just in small things, for example, let's say you've decided that you want to lose 10 pounds. Let's say that you're not fit enough and you think, well, I'm going to begin exercising. I'm not happy with my weight. I'm going to lose a few pounds and sometimes all goes well and you do what you've set out to do which is great and you feel empowered but then there's other times where you break your own rule right which is a strange thing we, we end up breaking our own rules well i did want to exercise but it's rained for four weeks so i don't want to get wet or i did want to lose weight i do want to lose weight but not today because I'm eating out this week and it's tricky when you eat out. This is how it goes, right? It's like, well, wait, didn't I give myself these rules to help keep me on track? Yeah, I did. Well, then why did you break them? Well, because it's not convenient. Because it's not convenient. If, If we can get away with it, rules may not be kept. If no one's around, no one's looking, would you go through a stop sign at the end of your quiet residential street? Yeah, possibly you would. Possibly you would. Uh, You're traveling and you're, you've got 30 pounds in your carry-on and you're only allowed 25. Would you try and sneak on the extra five? Yeah, maybe you would. Yeah, many of us have, right? Why? Well, because these rules, we would say they're not important. They're not important and we can break them. And herein lies the problem with rules and commandments and laws of various kinds There are ways around them. There's ways around them. We can always tell our story to justify why we break the rule. The law says 15, what harm is 20 miles an hour? The law says no, the commandment says no lying. It's just a white lie. Humans have a propensity toward justifying their behavior so that they are seen in a good light. Now, I gave you some examples of law breaking rules that, that are really not significant in some ways. You know, going a little bit faster to keep up with traffic or cheating on a diet, things of little importance. But the point here is, is that it seems like not only can we excuse small rules we break, but we're pretty good at justifying all sorts of behavior that damages ourselves and our relationships with others. People have a way of rewriting the story so that they stand out as good and right and moral, completely justified in what they say or how they say it. And Jesus addresses this denial tendency this morning you know, fallen Christ is about change. it's about transformation, it's about change It's it's not about shoring up our fragile egos so that we're always right you know, if I can excuse breaking little laws here and there, imagine you know, how I can excuse bigger things, and it's the bigger things that Jesus is interested in in Matthew chapter 5 Imagine what I can do with my anger, verse 21. Imagine how I can justify how I insult people. Imagine how I can uh, justify my story of my inability to be reconciled to certain people. Yeah, all covered in in Matthew 5. Given enough time, people in general, given enough time, can justify all sorts of things, and come out saying not guilty. I can retell the story and come out a winner every time. And if I'm not paying attention, and if I'm not observing myself well, I can even fool myself. That's why self-observation is so very important. It's sort of the first level of spiritual growth is self-observation. I mean, you have to observe something before it can be changed, right? And we all do this, this rewriting business of the story. We're all great uh, writers. We, we all do this. And the people 2,000 years ago in Jesus' day were masters at self-deception too. And I think that Jesus is pointing out this tendency to us in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. Now, f- Jesus doesn't do away with the commandments. He doesn't discount them. Instead, what he does in Matthew 5 is, is, that he gets to the very heart of their meaning. So he says things like, you have heard it said, do not murder. That's one of the commandments. You have heard it said, do not murder. But then he would add, it's not simply about avoiding killing someone. It means much more than that. Or he would say things like, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But it's a, it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that, Jesus is saying. You're misunderstanding God's way. It's more than simply avoiding certain behaviors. It's more than getting to the end of the day and saying, oh, well, that's a really good day today. I didn't murder anyone. Or, oh, that's a really good day I had today. I didn't I didn't uh, commit adultery. you didn't get a divorce today. That's really good. No, that's... That's really not the point of the the commandment at all. Jesus uses the commandments, the Ten Commandments, several of which are listed here in Matthew 5. He uses the commandment about murder and adultery, both of which most people would say, yeah, we we think these are good laws and and we agree with them. We'd all agree they're good commandments, it's not good to murder someone and it's not good to be unfaithful. I think I want to keep these two. This is a good thing. Jesus would say, good, good. I'm glad you agree. But it's not simply about avoiding certain behaviors. And he uses the commandment of adultery and murder as a platform to go on to speak about other internal dynamics that are quite familiar to us. He goes on to speak about anger. and He goes on to speak about derision and slander. And he talks about false generosity and arrogance and alienation and divorce and unforgiveness. And suddenly these two commandments that we thought we could keep, by the end of the reading, you know, we're we're feeling like we're in trouble, right? Because who hasn't been angry? Right? Who hasn't been angry? Of course we've been angry. Who hasn't called someone a fool or worse? Yeah, we do this. And if we don't do it outwardly, we do it on the inside. And remember, he's always trying to get the outside match to the inside, right? We're moving toward wholeness and integrity, transparency. Who has all the relationships in order and peace on every side? Oh yeah, it's hard, right? That's hard. Talks about he talks about lust. Lust is an interesting one. You know, there's a big difference between sexual attraction and lust. This can be a bit confusing for people. There's absolutely nothing wrong with sexual attraction. Nobody would be partnered with anyone if if there was no sexual attraction, right? Sexual attraction is for the person. So if you're attracted to someone, it's like, I want to be with you. I like you. I want to know you. I want to spend my life with you. Lust is entirely different. Lust is for the concept of the person. Lust, unlike attraction, is dehumanizing and it's consuming and it's addictive. It's quite, quite different. Which is why Jesus speaks so strongly against lust. Because it just uses people. It consumes people, and it ends up being addiction, which is why pornography is so damaging for both parties. So he has strong uh, language. If you read the, if you read Matthew five, he speaks strongly against that. Strongly against anger, against lust, against divorce. Which, by the way. I should probably do a whole teaching on this. The reason that he speaks so strongly against divorce is because in the ancient world, it was the man that could initiate the divorce. In other words, you burn the toast in the morning, you're a know, woman, you burn the toast, you could be out. And if you're out, there, you could. there's not a whole lot of choice. You could beg or you could prostitute yourself. So the whole idea of Jesus coming out strongly against divorce is for protection purposes for the woman. For she had no rights. She had no rights 2,000 years ago. It was a hard life for a woman 2,000 years ago. So he speaks out against that because remember for Jesus, love, remember we looked at this last week, love is always about protection. If Somebody's calling something love, and there's no protection. Jesus would say, it's not love then. You call it something else because it's not love. Yeah. Yeah, when you start to read Matthew 5, it's like when you start to go underneath the, and the deeper meaning of the commandments, it's like everybody's in need of help and forgiveness by the end of Matthew 5. When Jesus starts to speak about the internal landscape of the heart, remember that old phrase? What was it? I don't even know who said that, that the foot of the cross is level. But it's a true saying, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's that idea that, you know, you start looking deeply into the commandments and, oh boy. We're all in big trouble because we've failed so many times, all the time. Multiple times a day, right? Just take the anger one. Take the murder and think of anger. Irritation. Yeah, Jesus would say, you know, it's, it's the spiritual life. It's not about avoiding a few bad behaviors. It's, it's about learning God's way of love and it's actually about being good on the inside it's not about avoiding a few big sins you know it's about learning how to be a truly loving person and that takes a lifetime you know how can we possibly learn how to love when we're full of anger and irritation and lust and revenge and a host of other incompatible states of the heart right you can't It's just not possible, right? You can't. So Jesus says, you know, you've heard it said, don't murder. But I'm saying, I'm asking you, are you angry? So he raises the bar on the commandments. He just raises the bar. It's like he's saying, look, this isn't just about avoiding some huge, big sins, right? Let's make sure that your insides match the outside. We're talking about openness, transparency, and vulnerability here. You desire to be a kind, loving person? Is this what you project? That's good. Okay, well, let's make sure that's who you are on the inside. So he doesn't give new commandments, right? He just says, learn how to love God. And loving God looks like learning how to love yourself and love, love love other people. And then you can do what you want, right? That's all the guide you need because the rest is worked out on a daily basis. You don't need 600 laws. That's all you need are these three guides. Learn how to love yourself. Learn how to love other people. And by doing that, that's what it looks like to love God. It's not about pretending to be something that we're not because that's not going to help. Then we just become good actors. It's about working it out with the help of God. What does love look like when I have to deal with an ex-spouse who is anything but gracious? There's the challenge, right? What is God's way? What does love look like with the bully, that I have to to deal with a bully every time I go into the office. There's a bully there. Right? There's no specific commandment for these types of things. There's no specific law for those types of things and a host of other challenges. What does love look like when I am so terribly disappointed in a relationship, or I am so... Furious and angry. What, is, what does love look like? What does is, what is God's way look like when I'm really, really struggling to forgive? Right. There's no pat answers, right? These things are worked out over time. It's me. And it's God. And it's me talking to God. And me talking to other people. Maybe I'm going to a counselor too. A therapist can help you a lot. A spiritual director can help you a lot. A friend can help you a lot. But it's me wrestling with myself at times when I see God's way and when I see my way and they don't go together, I might be wrestling with that, right? Sometimes prayer, by the way, is painful. It's not all just sweet niceness, right? It can be really painful to see yourself as you are and desire that change. There's no pat answers, but God's way looks like kindness toward yourself and others. But again, it's the kind of kindness that takes courage and strength and isn't afraid to say no. It's not a wimpy sort of kindness that says yes to everything. Sometimes kindness means saying no, right? Sometimes kindness could mean divorce Sometimes kindness could mean reconciliation. (laughs) Right? But simple as it sounds, kindness is a good guide for God's ways. As in, what's God's direction here? And kindness, by the way, in relationships, kindness always works in both directions. It's not one person being kind and the other just receiving. No, no, there's no balance there. That's, that's not helpful. Yeah, God's way, God's way, Jesus' teaching, it's not letting ourselves off the hook and justifying and taking what we see as the easier way. The easier way is to rewrite the story so that I'm always in the right. Jesus called that the wide way. He says, that's not going to take you far. It's a dead end. There's no truth there. There's no freedom there. You're never going to get set free. You're always going to be tied up internally. You'll be a mess on the inside. God's way, Jesus called it the narrow way. Now, that's the one that's going to lead to life. You're going to have a breakthrough, a new understanding. You'll have an ability to let go. Or you might have an ability to face a fear that you've never really been able to face before. Or you might be able to leave the past behind in a way that you've never really been able to leave behind before. Yeah, when that kind of freedom happens, that's the work of the Spirit of God. Or it might look like getting rid of guilt once and for all. How does that sound? Getting rid of it once and for all. Yeah, that's all the realm of the Spirit of God, that kind of, bringing that kind of internal freedom. Yeah, it's like, yeah, whatever it takes God, you know, whatever it takes, I just want your way. Even if it's difficult, there's the prayer, there's the heart cry. Even if it's difficult, even if it's scary to me in some way, even if I have to make some major changes, I don't want to pretend anymore. And I, I'm, I don't want to justify my thoughts and my actions. I want to live in freedom. I want to live in freedom. That's my prayer. That's that's my heart cry. Yeah. That's such a good place to be in our spiritual lives. That's such a good place to be because that's when we're open to the leading of God. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. We've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Join with me again next week for another episode.